Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics Podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and I have for you another Creator Corner. The creator in this here corner is going to be Lonnie Nadler this week. You may recognize Lonnie Nadler's name from such projects as Guardians of the Galaxy Annual, or perhaps even Yondu, uh, and many other things that we're definitely going to be talking about. Definitely. We're definitely going to be talking a lot in Alarabaz comics. So, uh, this is one that I'm, I'm, once again, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, I'm always excited about these. I'm always excited to talk to creators. There's never, there's never a time where I'm not excited. But Lonnie's just another one of those guys. I'm just pretty ultra familiar with his work, or at least a lot of his Marvel work. And, uh, yeah. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about all of that. So, first, I have to remind you to support those that support this podcast, and that would be my sponsors. My sponsors, more specifically, uh, I'm, I'm all about the local comic book shop love right now, and as you all know, it's, it could be difficult finding, finding ways to get comics, depending on which area in the country you're in and what the laws are, but there's a way to get your books and still support local comic book stores that are even closed, because a lot of them... At least the really smart ones are going to this auction thing. That's why NSC Live TV was ahead of the game. There always there, there was so much ahead of the game, but now it's you know the, <laughs> we've got so many channels over there uh, <laughs> since this whole whew, um, yeah. So hooked on comics, longtime lover and supporter of this here podcast. They, of course, are keeping their auction doors open on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern and Saturdays 7 p.m. Eastern. NSCLiveTV.com, Channel 12, or their Facebook group page, or the Cheers to Comics Facebook group page, where it is all shared out. So if you're someone that's fiending for some books, and at the same time you want to make sure you support local small businesses to keep the economy going, and support the comic book industry, then fuck, there's no better way to do it than jumping on these NSCLiveTV.com action. Auctions. Action. Au auction. Action. That's what's going on there. So, once again, Hooked on Comics, John, Mary, the rest of the gang, on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Channel 12, NSCLiveTV.com. You're home for the best in auction action. Now, without further ado, let's get to this here interview with Lonnie Nadler. Alright, Lonnie Nadler, how are you? Uh, I'm doing alright. I mean, as good as I can be in, uh, in this pandemic time we've got going on right now but I'm um, you know surviving and and uh, you know just trying to take every day uh, one day at a time yeah I'm well same same situation same situation you know I'm just doing my best I'm one of the lucky people that still have a uh, a job in the comic book industry and that's only because I work in a comic book warehouse so um, I, I could say that you know people are definitely reading the hell out of books right now based off of you know how busy I am so that's definitely a good thing. That's a good sign. You know, people are going back and 
reading those back issues, man. It's uh, it's strange times right now. It it really is. Um, totally. I mean, it's uh, good to hear that from your perspective. There's still comics being read. Uh, on on a much bigger scale than I could ever really imagine, too, man. It's it, it's crazy how how many books are being shipped out. So that's that's all good things. And uh, books of all types, like the the deepest darkest cuts of things you know like 12 people in the world have heard of and that's include including the creative team you know <laughs> that's the uh, uh yeah what city are you based in uh, i'm in denver so i'm at mile high comics that's that's where i work yeah so it's the world's large, largest comic book store so we are staying very busy yeah yeah i mean at least the warehouse the the the, the you know the ordinance in colorado is the door's got to be closed so yeah yeah but you know they're they're doing all types of things to keep things busy and you know a lot of the things they're doing it's for uh you know the, a lot of the money a lot of the situations they're doing it goes to like feeding denver's hungry and all that stuff because a lot of people have just completely forgotten about the homeless situation all of a sudden so yeah no it's uh Ah, busy times, that's for sure. But as far as creating comics go, man, how how busy are things for you right now, Lonnie? I mean, dude, like you said before, it's a weird, weird time. It's like I have jo- some jobs that stopped uh, or things that are put on hold because, you know, some publishers just aren't able to, to keep it going. I have other publishers that are paying people advances. I have other publishers offering me things I never thought I'd get offered. So it's just kind of all over the place across the board as I think um, people are just starting to figure out and the companies are just starting to try to figure out how to navigate uh, what this industry is going to look like going forward. Uh, But I do have to say uh, it's promising in the sense that everyone is is really trying to figure it out and uh, be kind to each other and, and, you know, they know creators struggle and shops struggle and I see everyone just just sort of doing the best they can to try to make sure that this, uh, you know, the comic books are going to be around in whatever form that may take uh, for uh, forever. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm seeing so many different people on so many different levels of the industry all, uh, I mean, just doing their part. I mean, there's creators that are being helped that are on the receiving end of being helped. But then you have creators out there starting these whole initiatives and starting funds and like that, like the, the Cats Creating Ice Cream Man. They decided they're going to do these four-page miniseries and give half the money for, like, webcomics, I guess. Um, charge two bucks a piece and then give half the money to a COVID fund. Like, that's that's awesome as hell. And we still get to read comics, you know, although they're many in shorts. But it's also a cool idea because it doesn't hurt LCSs in any way because, you know, LCSs don't strive on, you know, two- to four-page stories. And, I mean, it, I don't know. It's 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 a... It's a neat idea. So everybody on all levels are coming together, and it is very promising to see it in that aspect. But as far as the 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 big people that we really want the answers from, it's just, oof, it's, it's silence right now. It's silence. I mean, yeah, that's sort of their their mo. I mean, they're gonna have to say something sooner or later. Yeah. So I don't know. Time will tell what what those yes. guys, what those guys do. Yes, yeah, well, that's all we can do right now is be patient, along with the rest of the world, with whatever the hell, you know, everybody's waiting for something to happen again, and just so happens I'm waiting for comics to happen again, you know, so this is this is what my eyes on, it's, uh, like you said, like we keep saying, crazy times in the industry, um, I take it you don't have any inside influence, you know, or any, uh, Marvel hasn't been writing you any secret letters saying, hey Lonnie, this is the, this is the scoop, I mean, <laughs> nothing like that going on, no. Um, no. I mean, I, I just, you know, because I'm just freelance for them. Gotcha. Know, it's just kind of like uh, I'm on the I'm on the outside. <laughs> I have no idea what their inner workings are like. Uh, so, like, I yeah, I have no idea what what's coming from them. I think they they recently just announced, you know, they're cutting a third. Yeah, a third of their June and July releases, I think, is what I read. Which you know, it's understandable. Even then, you know, Marvel cutting down a third of their books is still almost as much as all of the other publishers combined coming out. So it's not really that much of a hit, except for to the creators that are working on these projects. You know, and I I know they announced that all the all the creators would be paid up and you know for the work they have done at this point, which I guess is admirable. But at the same time, I think there should also be some 
some sort of compensation to those freelance artists, like uh, or freelance uh, writers and artists that you know, maybe we're relying on a few more issues worth of work. You know, it's uh, well, we'll see what they do. We'll see what they do. Maybe they're just saving up for the big, the big announcement. Who knows? Yeah, know. hopefully, hopefully it's something big and positive. Yes, everyone's waiting for, but. Um, well, you know, let's, let's stay on the level of positive, man, because, um, you've, uh, you're, you're an up and comer in this industry. You know, honestly, when I first read your work, I, I didn't think that, uh, I didn't realize I was reading some of your, your early Marvel stuff. I just figured, Hey, this, you know, I was just kind of jumping into the X-Men and I read the Marvelous X-Men. I was like, all right, cool. This Lonnie dude knows, knows the X-Men pretty well. Uh, he must, he must be a heavy hitter. I just missed. <laughs> and then it turned, come to find out like, you haven't been doing this for very long. And uh, it's the, the, that's that's awesome, man. So I got at this point, I want to talk. I mean, this is why you're on this show. You blew me away with your work. You're obviously somebody that w will be in the talks for a long time, whether not and just not way beyond Marvel as well. There's so much I want to talk about, but I got to kind of rewind a little bit. And I want to know exactly, you know, why comics for you is comics something you've always strived to do? Uh, I mean, what, what got you into this industry? What got your interest into this industry? Let's put it that way. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, I, I've been reading comics since I was a little kid. Like, it's always cool. been part of my life. Um, I, I guess to go into some detail. So I grew up in, I'm from Canada, and I grew up in Ontario, which is a, a bilingual province. And so in the school system, you speak French and English. Um, and as part of, like, the French curriculum to try to get you to read French more because none of the kids really want to do it, you have to take books out of the library and, you know, read them to increase your uh, reading comprehension and stuff. So growing up, the books I always took out of the library to read in French were comics mm. and because I, I, I was bad at reading French. So I just, you know, it, it was just, I thought it was easy to easier to read that. Um, and so I grew up reading, like, Tintin and... Asterix and Obelix and in that kind of like, you know, European uh, young adult stuff. And, you know, ever since then, and I was really young, you know, this was in grade school, like since then I've loved comics. And um, after that, you know, it was, I got into comics watching, you know, the old X-Men cartoon mm -hmm. and the Spider-Man cartoon and stuff. And so uh, I would go to like the the dollar store near my house and they would just put back issues together in like a random grab bag so I would just read comics completely out of order and I had no idea what was going on most of the time but I still huh. loved it for some reason and thankfully I had uh, an older cousin who was like a he's still a huge comic nut and he would just like pass series on to me as I grew up um, you know everything from like Marvel and DC and, and even like Vertigo stuff. So he was really like a big influence on my, my taste in comics growing up. Uh, and then I think when I was in high school, I was, you know, I was a regular Wednesday shop goer. And at some point I always knew I wanted to write um, just in general because I loved reading as a kid. And then at some point when I was in high school, I was just like, I think, you know, comics is really what I want to, I love the medium and I think there's a lot of potential and I think I have something to say about uh, these characters so uh, I started making comics when I was in university just publishing like you know really bad zines and, and like mm -hmm. stuff I drew myself um, that were mostly like autobiographical stuff about friends more stuff you would see from like fantagraphics like nothing Marvel would ever be interested in gotcha. um, and then you know I just kind of kept pursuing that and then I realized I'm probably better off writing than drawing and uh, so I, I self-published a couple of small things. Uh, and then, you know, after a few of those, I was like, okay, I think it's time to start pitching to, to publishers. And so that's when I did The Dregs was my first book that I co-wrote with Zach Thompson. Um, and that was published in 2017 and, you know, haven't really looked back from there. Wow, man, I can't believe it's only been since 2017. <laughs> it's, I, I really find that hard to believe because, I mean, it, when I think about it, I've been reading your work my whole time reading comics. <laughs> I mean, because I, 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 I took a big gap. I took a big gap, and then when I fell into it, I fell in love so hard, man. I did, and that's why I have this podcast now. i got to celebrate this shit because it changed my life. And like I said, this was all within the last three years or so. So when I read that first that first time reading that Marvelous X-Men, 
thought, oh man, this guy's this guy's got something here. And then you know, admittedly, I, the only indie published book that I've read of yours is uh, Black Stars Above. I read issue one, and then put the next f uh, five on or next four on my list. So they're sitting in what I call my apocalypse box, which is perfect timing right now, considering there's nothing new coming out to read. So that's that's just sitting there on the stack right now, man. So I do have all of Black Stars above, but I'm I was going through and looking at your other indie catalogs, and um, I'm starting to realize that uh, you you have a bit of a, a dark dark side to you there, man. <laughs> and I I dig it, I dig it. I mean, we can go on about Marvel all we want, you know. We love the X Men, uh, you know. You did that cool yonder with Zach Thompson again, actually. Uh, uh, I know that Kevin from NSC Live, he, he talked to me about you and about Yondu, and he was like, you read this Yondu, and I know that he did a, a bit of a, a Q&A with you that we're, we're getting ready to put up on NSCLiveTV.com, but, uh, yeah, man, uh, he, uh, he, he, he was adamant, he said, you gotta reach out to Lonnie, I'm like, I think Lonnie's busy, man, and then I saw that you opened up your DMs on Twitter, and I was like, alright, this... I mean, this kind of. I'm all right. I'll 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 see what's go, I'll see what's up. I mean, I know he's opening up to creators and answering all these questions, but you know, maybe I can get him on a spot. And sure as hell, you responded almost immediately. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, I'm I'm glad you reached out. I always love talking to just anyone who who loves comics enough to you know put their free time into making podcasts and talking to creators. Like I, you know, I used to do comic book journalism before I was a writer. Um, I did comic book reviews and, and interviews for years before I, I wrote them. So I know I know what it's like, and, you know, I love talking to creators. So anytime I can sort of pay that back, I'm, I'm happy to do so. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, uh, I can imagine that you were extremely busy with all of, uh, answering all of those. Because, uh, I mean, it even kind of circulated around the other creators, like, oh, shit, look what Lonnie just did. This is awesome. Check it out. You know, and that's being, I, uh, I mean, that was being retweeted by some, some big heavy hitters. So, uh, I mean, how, how was, I mean, was it kind of humbling a little bit to know, oh, shit, look at all these people reaching out to me? Or is, I mean, what was that like for you? Well, I think it, it kind of started because I, I got a couple messages just from friends who were like, you know, I'm in lockdown, I'm, I'm out of a job, and I've always wanted to write, whether it's comics or movies or whatever, and they just sort of came to me asking for advice. And I was like, you know, there's probably a lot of people right now specifically who, who could use some guidance in this, who are, you know, trying to manage their feelings about this or, or to dive into other worlds to, to escape it um, and create their own. So it was just sort of a thing. I, I thought, why not? I'll throw it out there. And I didn't really expect anyone to care, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, like since that, like, you know, every day I get, messages from from all types of people looking for all different types of advice related to writing and comics so it's been um yes yeah, it's, it's been uh yes like you said sort of humbling it's been inspiring to see just how many people want to want to do this and and nice for me to be able to to sort of help some people in whatever way i can imagine you know you look you look back and you know three or four of these people that shot you dms a couple years from now they're they're being talked about it for you know ringos or something like that i mean that's that, that's cool and i mean that's uh, to me being a creator is so much more than what you make but it's what you influence as well man and already so young into this you're already influencing people and i find that very admirable i really do that's all the more reason why i reached out to you as quickly as i did uh thanks dude um, so I, I, I want to get back to this, this dark, dark, twisted mind of yours. <laughs> um, just from, and like I said, I haven't had the opportunity to read these and I'll be damned. I'm going to search mile high to see, you know, a lot of these are printed up in trade, right? Are they available in trade? I think, uh, yeah, all of my creator owned stuff is available in trade, uh, cool. right now. Well, Except well, I'm definitely above the trade is not out yet, but gotcha. But I'm, I, I got the singles on that one, so I'm set there. But I'm definitely gonna go through, and I, I gotta know about the dregs, man. You said this was your 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 first big break, or your big your big. Tell us about the dregs. Let us know what's up with that, man. Because I know I just read the synopsis, but I'll let, I'll it's so much better if you just give the elevator pitch. Yeah, the dregs is. I I mean, uh, again, I wrote that with Zach, um, and it was something we pitched as a homeless 
noir, which basically meant nothing other than the idea <laughs> that it's a, a, a homeless man uh, in Vancouver. Uh, his homeless friends start going missing. Um, and so he begins to, uh, he, he's obsessed with detective fiction. And so he takes it upon himself to try to solve this, uh, the missing people's cases that's going on uh, in his uh in his community. Um, and so that kind of started, uh, Zach and I were actually working on a different pitch at the time. And then we thought we, you know, we should not put all our eggs into one basket and we should get something else going. And we were talking to, uh, our friend, Eric Zavodsky, who lived in Vancouver with us at the time. Uh, and he was down to draw a pitch cause he wasn't working on anything. Um, and so Zach had this old idea for a screenplay uh, that was about a homeless detective. And so he sort of brought that to me. And uh, the story he had initially was just kind of like all over the place because he wrote it, you know, when he was younger. And so we just stripped it down completely and just took the idea of a homeless detective and, and built a whole new story around it. And, uh, you know, Eric drew it and we got it colored and sent it into Black Mask uh, to, to the publisher, Matt Pizzolo. And we didn't hear back for a while. So we just assumed it was a no. And meanwhile, we got no's from a bunch of other companies. And then we were at uh, Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. And we were, we were just about to go to it. And we got an email from Black Mask saying they want to talk about the pitch. And we were super surprised because we didn't think anything of it. And then uh, we went out for, for dinner with the publisher. And you know, a couple hours later, he was just like, when do you want the book to come out? And we were like, uh, whenever you want it to come out, <laughs> like we had no idea <laughs> it was our first book. Um, and then, you know, we thought that was the only book we'd ever write. So we, we just, we worked so hard on that, man. Like just, we were both working day jobs and we would meet up at night and work for like four or five hours to get some pages done. And, uh, you know, thankfully it's, it's still our, our best received book, uh, and we were so lucky to have people in the industry sort of stand behind it uh, as well. Like Matt Rosenberg was a, was a really a big help for that book in terms of, you know, getting it in the publisher's hands and stuff. And then after two issues of that came out, Matt Rosenberg tweeted about it. And Axel Alonso was still editor in chief of Marvel at the time. And I guess he saw Matt's tweet. And so he asked Matt to, if he could read it. And so Matt sent him the book and then we got a call like two days later from Axel, like asking if we wanted to pitch on Marvel stuff. And we were like, you know, that was obviously super, super surreal. That's, that's amazing, man. And, and having talked to uh, Matt on, you know, at, at cons and everything, and I've even had him on this podcast, he is sincerely maybe one of the nicest people I've ever talked to in comics. Maybe the nicest person I've ever talked to in comics. He champions everything that is, that is good about comics man he's uh i don't know i i, I really admire that so it's, it, it doesn't surprise me one bit to hear that he <laughs> he helped <laughs> get you get you you know i mean published and then into the door at marvel man that's got to be a dream come true yeah i think you know matt was someone that um so i'd reviewed his a, a book of his and i think that's how we first started talking oh. and uh he was just i think he saw just how bad I wanted it, Zach and I wanted it. And then once he read the pitch, uh, he was kind of like, oh, you know, these guys, not they don't only want it, that they can actually, you know, they can write. Uh, and so I, th I think he was just willing to help because he saw the, the potential there. Uh, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, and he, he really is such a role model in, in terms of that. Like, like you're saying, you know, he's, there's nobody in the industry I think has, more of a pure love for for comics than than Rosenberg does, and it's um, it's something that I kind of have to remind myself of on a regular basis, and just look at him as a as someone to look up to and, and try to follow in their footsteps. Yeah, man, I'm all about the what would Rosenberg do? Cause I, got, I mean, it's uh, he. I don't know. He's just a, I don't know. He's a nice guy. He's a, he's a hell of a guy. So, um, the the dregs is dark. Yes, yeah, so there's there's homelessness and it's noir. And then I'm reading some of these other things. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Let's talk her infernal descent. Jesus Christ, dude. 
<laughs> so funny, dude. These books are like, they all sound so dark. Some of them are pretty, pretty, some of them are really dark and really depressing. But like some of them are, despite the darkness, there's an underlying hope. In the okay. Film. Uh, and, and Her Infernal Descent is, is one of those. It was It's a, a rewrite of Dante's Inferno, so it's like the most sort of pretentious, esoteric thing a, a, a literature kid could do. Uh, and so that's what it is. And so I think people's mileage may vary on it depending on how much they're acquainted with Dante's Inferno. Uh, but at its core, you know, it's it's a story about a mom grieving for her family, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it sounds dark, man. But at the same time, it, it does. I don't. Did you read Canto by any chance recently? Did you pick that up? It was from IDW. It was David Boer and Drew Zucker. Uh, they they did their own little. Well, it, it was it was a it was a book of hope. But at the same time, you know, they're doing little their their depiction of Dante's Inferno in their own way. But at the same time, I mean, it's, uh, you got that, it's dark, man. I don't think when the whole Inferno is ever mentioned, you can never not escape the the underlying just grimness of it all, even if there is that hope. So I I look very, forward very much to uh, seeing how you take that, because everybody has their own take. I know you said it was pretentious, but I don't know, I, I, I I don't see that. And this is aftershock. Uh, I, I guess it's more so like I just recognize that it's sort of. Uh, it, it feels like it's a quote unquote highbrow. That wasn't our intention, but I think when people read it, they sort of feel left out if if they're not in on all the the jokes and all the like references we're making. Um, uh. But I, obviously, I still love the book, and I think it's. Um, it's something I would love to read, but I recognize that's not something everyone would love to read. Is maybe a better way to put it. I could think of six people off the top of my head that would be so into this. So I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, not just saying there's six people. I mean, I know six people <laughs> that I could hand this book to, and they would be all about this, man. So I'm, I'm excited to check it out. I am. Uh, once again, this is, well, this is a uh, aftershock, and cool. We could get this in trade too. Yeah, right Aftershock was, um, they were other uh, other people that were really early adopters in supporting my career. Like, after the, the Dregs was out, they reached out and um, immediately wanted to work with both Zach and myself uh, together and individually and, and signed us to, a, a like, a book deal. And, and, you know, that like, that was crazy to have that happen within the first year of my first, like, professionally published work. So, uh yeah, Aftershock's been great, great to me. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Aftershock books. They 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 put out. I mean, they're such they fly under the radar, man. But they put out quality stuff. They, and I, I love the you know heavy hitting creators aren't afraid to work with them either. Yeah, Did man. You... But like the the talent pool they have is just insane. It's like because when we were brought brought in there, it was like the only people they were working with were like, you know, it was Warren Ellis, Garth Ennis, <laughs> all these big names. And we were like, what the hell do these guys want with us? <laughs> but, but it was, uh, so Mike Martz is their editor in chief there. And, you know, Mike's credits are, he used to work at Marvel. Um, and he's the guy who edited like Grant Morrison's new X-Men and stuff. And so his like, his body of work is insane, and so the connections he has to writers is, is just nuts. And, and so having someone like that believe in us was like, I don't know, again, like I keep saying surreal, but it really was. And like now that I'm reflecting on it, it feels even crazier. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's nice to have those moments of re-reflection. Re- well, I guess it, there's not re-reflection, it's just reflection. But re- reflecting again. Um, yeah, man, it's... Uh, I, I I couldn't imagine being in your position. I really couldn't. I, I, I'm excited for you. That's the, hence the stumbling. That's <laughs> I really am. Well, so you have, man, you have so much work I want to talk about. You go back to Black Mask, and you do. This is probably my most anticipated work of yours that I'm I'm looking forward to picking up, and that's come into me. This shit sounds gnarly. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's pretty. It's pretty fucked up. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I could just sum it up, or, well, I mean, you sum it up pretty well as far as saying the fly and the internal sunshine of the spotless mind. I mean, uh, 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 holy shit. Uh, <laughs> um, just the art on the cover is enough to, to draw me in. It's, it's, this is twisted, man. This is really twisted. I, I mean, would you say that this is probably your darkest work? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially yeah. the way that it ends is like, Ooh. I mean, like a lot of my, my work, I try to, that's not true. I, I don't mind having like downer endings, but this one in particular is like, it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty transgressive and subversive at the, at the end. So, uh, but I don't think it could end any other way. So I, I, I love that book. So uh, I'm, I'm psyched on it. I guess I should 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 say what it's about. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, we just I I like to leave it to the imagination with the fly meets the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. But I do have the opportunity to hear it from the man himself. So please indulge us. Uh, how would you describe this? What seems to be just fucking mind trip man so it's like th this was actually the pitch that zach and i were working on before the dregs this was the first thing we ever uh conceived together um and yeah i don't know it was just sort of born out of our, our like shared love for body horror and, and david cronenberg and and trying mm -hmm. to do something similar to what he did without being derivative in the sense of like looking at modern technology seeing how it uh, what about modern technology is scary to us now uh, and like tapping into really modern fears and and exploring how those affect or are related to the body. So it's really just about, you know, technology's relationship to the body uh, as an extent, a natural extension of it and, and the idea of sort of forced evolution. Um, and, and so, you know, it, thematically it was born out of that and, and narratively it's sort of... Um, I don't know, I don't want to give away too much of, of the narrative, but it's basically about a new technology that's invented that goes horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah, I can't see anything going right with this at all. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh man, I'm, I'm so excited to check this out. I, that, that art, who, who'd you get to do the art on this? So that was drawn by Peter Kowalski, who was, that guy's, uh, he's a maniac in the best way, and he was someone who, who, you know, we loved his work. He drew uh, the Nightbreed comics for Boom. He drew, yeah. did some stuff for Marvel. He did the Dark Tower series at Marvel. Um, and, and the Steam Man he did um, for Boom as well, I believe. And he was just a guy that, you know, we, we really loved his work. And we reached out to him thinking he'd say no. And he was just like, yeah, this sounds dope. Let's do it. And... Uh, I don't know, he's just so detailed and he puts so much work into the pages and Peter's like the kind of guy who we instantly got along with <laughs> and now he like he's Polish and he sends us these like amazing rambling emails about horror movies that he's seen and like insists that we watch them uh, and he's just so excited about the genre that it gets us excited about it too uh, so Zach and I are working with him on a new book right now Oh, yeah? Is that something you can talk about at all? Um, it hasn't been announced yet, so I can't, like, I can't uh. say uh, too much about it, but it, it's, uh, it's going to be a, a mini-series. It's also going to be fairly dark uh, and a mix of horror and science fiction. And uh, I don't know if I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, but it's, it's coming out through Aftershock. Oh, cool, because that was my next, uh, my next question is who's it being published by? Nice, man. Well, shit, they know quality, so I'm so excited. Oh, God, we're going to get more of this creative team. Is Zach Thompson going to be on it as well? Oh, man, this is, I hope this turns into this magical trio that just lives on and creates comics together, because I'd be, I'd be perfectly happy with that. Yeah, Peter, <laughs> Peter, like, just emailed us yesterday, like, he's so excited about this project, and, and he just, like, he loves, like I said, he loves horror, and so does Zach and I, so I think... And come into me went so well, and we loved working with each other. So I, I think we're all going to be working together for a while. I love it. Oh man, um, <laughs> that's 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 exciting. That's exciting. 
sorry, you kind of have me, uh, you, you have me stumbling right now because I, I, I'm just trying to imagine what what this could possibly be beyond beyond all of this. But I'm, I'm gonna imagine on my own time. I'm gonna I'm gonna plow forward here. Um, so you continue to work in indie comics, but you got to play in another in another sandbox recently. You got to play in Valiant's universe, and uh, you, you got to mess with Bloodshot a little bit. Is it? Am I right on that? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh... That was an interesting and weird time. Um, we were brought into Valiant sort of as they as they were changing over behind the scenes uh, okay. to like a new editorial. So we were brought in originally by Warren Simons, um, who was the editor in chief there, and uh, he then left after our pitch was developed, and so we were handed off, um, and the book sort of had to change because of the way that editorial was working at the time. They just wanted to, their whole line, they were changing and, and they wanted to, you know, have a, a fresh start. So a lot of what we developed was sort of um, just changed in, in the creative process. So we actually only ended up writing, uh, we were supposed to write the whole series, but we only ended up writing the first issue. And then and even that first issue was uh, sort of, reinterpreted by by a different writer uh, because again they were taking it in a different direction so we didn't uh, i guess it's all to say we didn't fully have uh we didn't fully get to play in the sandbox the way that we at some point were going to um but you know it, it is what it is that's kind of just the way that the industry works sometimes well i'm glad it was you that did the first issue because um i i i've been waiting for a bloodshot relaunch and then they came out with, you know, they announced Rising Spirit, and I thought, all right, cool, man, cool. This is this is my shot. And you know, originally it seemed like it was going to be an ongoing series, and then it wasn't. And like you said, uh, I read the first issue, and I thought, this is awesome, man. You got to work with Ken Lashley. That was cool. Uh, but then, like I said, that something changed. Something changed. But I was still devoted to learning Bloodshot. So, I mean, it makes sense to know that there was definitely some fuckery happening and some... Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that definitely makes me feel a lot better about the situation. Because I'm not going to lie, I was a little confused. It's not that I didn't like it. I was like, I'm not... What, what, I don't feel anything consistent going on here. And then, and then they had another relaunch, and a proper relaunch with... Uh, Show. Yeah, Seely and Booth are killing that run right now. Yeah, I'm I'm glad they they sort of you know decided to to relaunch again because it it really needed it. Um, it and you know like what Zach and I had planned is uh, it was crazy, admittedly, but it, I think it was also part of um, when we initially were were brought into it. Uh, we were uh, we had calls with Jeff Lemire. And so we were sort of Damn. taking over from what he was doing and expounding upon the mythology that he was laying out. And so I think they wanted to really have a, a harder reboot than, um, that, than the, like, the crazy one we were giving them in our own way. Uh, so I understand why, why it happened. Um, uh, that, that makes sense. But it's like Zach and I still, we still talk about what could have been with our if we had been able to, to write it as the ongoing it was it was supposed to be. Well, is that something that you would ever, you know, take on again if, you know, you had the opportunity? Valiant said, okay, cool. You know, Celium Booth, they did 50 issues. This is awesome. Um, the, you know, for whatever reason, it's time to do this again, or maybe you just pick up from there. I mean, is that something that you'd be interested in doing, or is the taste kind of soured a little bit, or? No, like, I, I have nothing against Valiant. Um, it's uh, I don't know. I guess it would it would depend on circumstances. Cool. It, it, it's also you know an option of like maybe some of the things that we were going to explore are things we can take to uh, you know a different character or even create a, our own character to. Ah, see that know. leads me to my my next situation there because the Valiant universe is is uh, they have some amazingly underappreciated characters, man. I mean, is is the Valiant universe something that you were reading that you were familiar with, or did you get your bloodshot knowledge from Lemire? Or, um, I mean, do you have other characters that you'd be interested in checking out with Valiant? Because I'm a big fan of all of them. I'm a huge EXO fan. Yeah, when we were uh, when 
Warren was talking to us about Warren and, and Robert Myers, who who brought us in, were, were talking to us about Valiant. We read like their whole catalog, and they basically asked us, "What do you want to do?" Wow. wow. And so we we pitched Bloodshot, uh, Rye, and EXO, and Bloodshot was the one that they ultimately went with. But you know, I still love those other other pitches we sent them. Um, Rye in particular, we had a crazy idea for. Uh, Rye is actually my favorite comic. Oh well, I, I would love to hear your version of Rye. I really would. But as of right now, Rye is actually my favorite comic book on all of, in, in my entire pull list. What what the, what they've done in five issues is just next level shit, man. Uh, I I, uh, I love it. And to know that you have another pitch to me says that Rye is gonna live on through Valiant forever. Because it's just ah, quality people want this character. Yeah, and I love I, it. I think Valiant's um, Valiant's very—they're good at, at bringing in their, it, the right talent for the right books. So yep. uh, that's you know that's why they have uh, books like Rye and and XO from uh, last year, a couple of years ago, was also incredible. So there's yep. yeah. Right on, man. Uh, oh, man, it's it's. I still can't believe that you've only been doing this for less than three years. <laughs> so hard to believe. Um, well, let's. Uh, uh, you do a lot of co-writing, obviously. What can you talk about your your process of uh, co-writing, especially you know with the. I mean, you kind of got this this team together at this point. You know, you like a. I, I don't know, just definitely a duo between you and Zach. So obviously, you guys uh, have a method to your madness. Could you talk about that at all for other creators that maybe want to team up with other writers? Cause I know I couldn't imagine working with somebody else as far as being an, a writer on writer. I just I, I couldn't fathom that. Yeah, I mean maybe that's how I should preface this is to say that I don't recommend it <laughs> to, to anyone. Yeah. It's uh, I I think the I know other people who have tried to do it too, and it doesn't work. And yeah. I think the only reason it works for Zach and I is because we're uh, our relationship started as a creative relationship. Like we became friends, and then like the second time we hung out, we were working on books together. Wow. Um, and so it was right early on. It, it, it was set, you know, like this is a creative relationship, and you got to work, I got to work. If someone's not pulling their weight, then they're out. And uh, on top of that, Zach and I both went to, to film school and, and writing school. So like we have, we had thick skin going into it. And so there's this sense of safety when we're together of if someone puts out an idea that the other person could say, no, that's shit. And it, like, you, you just can't get offended by it. Mm. Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of people, when they sit down to write something with a friend and their friend tells them they don't like their idea, that they, they take it to heart. Um, but you can't you can't do that uh, or else, you know, it gets in the way and creates drama. So Zach and I, you know, we when we write, we set out early on that we really co-write everything. So we sit in the same room. We both sit in the same Google document and we're typing simultaneously. We talk about every scene. We talk about every piece of dialogue. And sort of nothing gets put on the page until we both agree on um, on what it should be. Uh, so it's like a really like intense collaborative effort that I know a lot of people they just don't have the time for, and they probably don't want to spend that much time with someone who's not their significant other. So hell no, man. And that, that's why I say I couldn't fathom it. I, I mean, uh, it's. Uh, but you guys work so well together. I mean, uh, I loved Yondu. Uh, I'm a couple issues behind on Yondu. I think I got the first three. It's a five-parter, right? Five? Yeah. I mean, you guys, I, you, I love it. You you work so well together, and that's. I'm I'm glad you answered the question, uh, really, by saying I don't recommend it. Uh, that's that's great advice. I mean, it's that's the that's refreshing to hear. Uh, it really is the the truth. Because I, man, uh, two creative minds. So it would definitely be a fifty-fifty type of situation. As you would, dis I mean, would you say it's fifty-fifty, or I'm gonna put you on the spot here? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like what Zach and I, we we get asked that like quite often, and like how do we split the work? And it, the answer we keep coming back to is like, I don't even think it's fair for us to say there's any percentage split because we're in the same room and we're talking yeah. about everything. It it's really like 
you can't separate the entity that is Lonnie and Zach for the works that we do together. Uh, it's like it's 100% Lonnie and Zach, not 50-50. If, See, if that uh, makes sense. No, I'm glad you. I'm glad you put it that way because when you are i mean essentially when you're two minds in the same room you're really just one mind just with four hands uh i mean <laughs> it's that's all that's happening man uh at least that's that's what i see out of this i do i don't feel like hey that's a lonnie line or hey someone else wrote there you know that's a that's a zach line you know that's not how i feel when i read your books it's all very it flows so well you can't tell that there's two people writing it uh admittedly uh for <laughs> I thought Zach Thompson was the artist. <laughs> the, the, the first time I opened up one of the books and saw Zach Thompson second, I, like I said, it just feels like it's one writer is my point. Um, it's great to hear. Yeah, uh, you just don't stop working together. And it's nice, you know, and the fact that you guys have continued to work together and haven't broken up yet and cheated on each other, that's, that's, that's refreshing, man. You guys have something special. There's very few creative duos out there that can can work so well together and as long as you have uh, granted yes it's been less than three years but shit that's an eternity man and when when it comes to creating stuff it really is spending all that time together in a room three uh 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 so kudos to you man and your thick skins both of you <laughs> i'm gonna have to have zach on and talk to him too sounds like a lot of fun um, so cool. It was, it was nice to get that, that little bit of insight as far as, you know, how a, you know, a co-writer's relationship should work and the process behind that, you know, seeing that we should look at it as 100%, not a 60-40, 50-50, any, anything like that. That's, that's incredible advice. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, I, I want to talk about, uh, I mean, you're, you're young, but you had to have kind of at this point thought about what, what kind of legacy you want to have in comics, right? I mean, do you have a footprint, that, a stamp that you, you just can't wait to make? Or just, I mean, as long as you're creating, we'll go with the flow. How do you look at this industry right now? I mean, yeah, that's a tough question to answer. It, uh, it's, it's a good one. It's just, it's just like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta choose my words carefully here. Um, I guess I, I don't necessarily look at it as like a, I gotta have a leave an impact, but at the same time, I'm the kind of creator who wants to write innovative stories uh, and experiment with the medium. And so, if that if it so happens that those things that I'm experimenting with are well received, you know that that's obviously great because it'll lead to more work. Um, but I'm not coming into this trying to be the next Alan Moore or the next Neil Gaiman or anything. As much as I look up to those guys, I, I, I feel like if you come into it trying to be like a rock star, that's a bit disingenuous and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So I, I try to stay uh, humble as, as much as I can and just, you know, keep my head down and, and I, I want to make the best work that I can and I want to make books that I love. And, and if I can connect with people that way, then I'll be happy doing it. Well, I mean, that's the the cream will rise to the top. You don't have to come in and just, you know, make sure everybody knows that you want to be the best. If you put out the best thing, whether you realize it or not, it'll get discovered. And that's that's all there is to it. So I like that you you do approach it in that sense. You know, you just want to you just want to create and uh, man, that's once again, I'm going to use the word refreshing <laughs> because there's there's so many people out there that really go into this with the wrong intentions. So, yeah, and I think it's it's tough in like, you know, our ever connected digital age with you see creators on Twitter who have such big personalities and profiles and it's hard not to get swept up in that and, and to want to be that as a young creator but uh, yeah I just feel like it would be a bit inauthentic and I think you know when you look at those those guys like Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore well they were big personas they also you know they, they put their fucking heads down and they made the best books they could and, and that's why we remember them not because Neil Gaiman was wearing sunglasses and a leather jacket. We remember him because Sandman is a masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> damn right, man. Damn right. See, that's uh, beautifully said. Beautifully said. <laughs> um, do you have a uh, Do you have uh, a character in Marvel's world that you that you're really looking forward to getting your chance at playing with? Um, I mean, yeah, like uh, there's a couple books I, I pitched to them not too long ago. Uh, okay. I, uh, I don't think they're they're going anywhere. So, 
uh, but mm. the character the the characters I would love to write are I'd love to do Doctor Strange. Uh, I would love to write Man Thing and to make him. Thank you. Oh my God, man! Can you please make that book? I mean, I'll uh, I'll start a Twitter fucking campaign. I'll do anything I can to make Man Thing a thing again. I have a like I know what I want to do with that book, and I want to do it more than anything else at Marvel right now. That's what I would want to do. Did you read R.L. Stein's run? I did. Yeah. Uh, how how fun was that, man? That didn't feel like it was. Uh, it was so R.L. Stein. It was great. It was cheesy. It was goofy. It was. Oh, it, it it was, but at the, it, I mean, I loved it, but at the same time, it didn't do Man Thing any justice at all. I think that's the thing. Yeah, it was it was very much sort of nostalgic as someone who grew up with R.L. Stein, uh, but it wasn't the Man Thing that I want to see. No, no. I mean, it, like I said, I enjoyed it. I was entertained by it. Um, I didn't need anything more. I didn't need more than five issues. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's time man thing is, is done right. He's just been, uh, what, what are they, they're kind of using him a little bit in the Avengers with boy thing. I don't know if, uh, you know, that's, uh, but, uh, once again, not it's kind of, uh, it's still kind of just treating him as a, it, it's like using him ironically, right? It's not using him as like a, right. And, exactly. You know, and, and I wanted yeah, as someone who's a big Alan Moore fan and like I love what he did with Swamp Thing, I want to do that, but not exactly. You know, like I don't want to make Man Thing into Swamp Thing. I want to give him his own like awesome run that people can hold up and be like, "This is why we love this character." Ah, uh, it's it's needed, man. Um, that's I very much look forward to the day that I get to pick up a Lonnie Lonnie Nadler, Zach Thompson. I'm assuming, <laughs> man thing. <laughs> like that's oh, that sounds amazing. That sounds incredible. Ah, well, man, I, I I know I'm sure I could ask you all the characters you want to you know all the right. Everybody wants to write everything. I mean, uh, I, man thing though. I I that's such the per that's such a perfect answer. There's only one character that I'm still anticipating somebody say. Man thing is was number two. I'm still waiting for someone to say slapstick. I'm waiting for someone to bring back slapstick, man. <laughs> slapstick needs to come back. That's that my like, dude. Uh, that sounds like something Ed Brisson's gonna do. Oh man! Oh, I would. Shh. Ed Brisson doing. Oh, that sounds amazing. He's like Brisson is like he loves all those those kind of characters. Yeah, see, I I love them too, man, and you know we got to see a little bit of them, and you know the Mercs for money, you know it was cool, but you know we got a little six issue that was nice, but I, I want to I just want to see Slapstick live on in something, you know he could be, he doesn't need his own run, but give me a team book again, you know bring back the Mercs for money, let it, I love for Brisson to write the Mercs for money, that was oh shit. Um, <laughs> but man thing though, that's, that's, that's really, that that's up there with me. I mean, literally number two, that, that is, I have, uh, anytime I see a man thing cover, doesn't matter if he's on the story or not. Uh, I, I just collect man thing. I love it. He's, he's just so, for one, it's got, I mean, you gotta love the giant size man thing. Uh, it's, I mean, come on now, Marvel, like you dirty, dirty dogs. <laughs> 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 But, you know, like, shit, I don't know. I can't wait for this, Lonnie. I can't wait for this pitch to go through. I, I, I hope it happens. Um, Man, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know you're a busy feller, but I gotta. I do something uh, with every creator. Uh, really, the whole point of uh, this, this, these creator corners are, to, you know, to pick the brains of the people creating these amazing things. And I like to, you know, bring a little bit of psychology into this, uh, albeit um, I have no uh, um, foot in the door of any psychology practice in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I don't even know any people. <laughs> um, but I, I've heard of something called word association. So um, I, I just I, I like to throw out five words real rapidly and, you know, first word or phrase that comes to mind. And it gives me just and the listeners just a little bit of more uh, insight to gnaw on until our, uh, our our next our next chat. So if you're up for doing this, I, I, I'd love to throw it at you. All right. Uh, first word is hero. My dad. All right. 
Yondu. Michael Rooker. <laughs> All right. He is very much fucking Yondu. Onomatopoeia. Uh, bam. Fuck yeah. Horror. Sorry, what was that one? Horror. Like the genre horror? Um, the Exorcist. Oh. And then villain. Lex Luthor. Unfortunately, that's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> All right. Well, see, that, that's why that's why the word association is important. There's no time to think. I just want to know what's right on the top of your head when you hear those words. I like these answers very much. Um, yeah. I'm, I actually, as perfect as the answer is for Rooker um, and Yondu, I didn't expect that at all. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's about goddamn time someone said dad is hero. Uh, I, the rest of this stuff, I'm going to gnaw on on my own. I'm going to let the listeners... Uh, I, I love these answers, though. I do. Um, man, uh, Lonnie, this, is, this has been an absolute pleasure. Now, I, 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 is there anything else that you want to shout out, let the listeners know about, any final thoughts, any plugs, anything like that? Sure, yeah. I mean, like we mentioned before, my... my uh, message, my direct messages on Twitter are open um, and anyone can message me if they're looking for advice on comics or if they just want to ask me some questions about stuff I've written um, Blockstars Above Trade Paperback is slated for a May 27th release that may get pushed back but you can pre-order that right now and uh, similar to what the Ice Cream Man uh, team is doing I just put out a uh, it's a nine-page short comic that you can buy through my website, and 50% of proceeds go to the BINC Foundation that is helping support comic book retailers uh, through this pandemic. Uh, and I think that's all the plugs. What's that website? That's incredible. What's, What's that, that website? website? So it's just my name, so it's LonnieNadler.com, uh, and you can find that also through my Twitter page, um, which is just uh, at Lonnie Nadler. Lonnie, that's awesome, man. Um, I'm gonna definitely champion that cause. I'm gonna hop on there, and I, I wanna, I'm gonna read everything, man. As soon as I uh, get back into the warehouse, I know that I'm gonna do some digging. I got a bunch of indie books that I'm gonna search for, and if they don't have them in stock, then I'll suck it up and buy them digitally now. For now. But you can bet, I mean, and this is a promise, that you, I will be having these in my physical library because you're, you're, I've, I've only read your, your, uh, your Marvel stuff. And, you know, getting to play in Marvel's fine and dandy and all, but you don't really get a flex what's really going on in that noggin of yours until you go indie. And holy shit, just by the synopses alone, I'm so excited to pick up everything you've ever done. Um, right on, man. Thanks. I, I really... I can't tell you how much like this this kind of support means to means to me. It's um, you know, you guys are are, are the people keeping us uh, keeping us writing. So I appreciate it very much. Right on, man. Well, I'm I'm gonna keep reading and I'm gonna keep podcasting about the stuff that I read. So you just keep putting out. I'm gonna keep talking about it. That's a promise. Um, Lonnie, this has been I'm gonna use the the term absolute pleasure once again. I uh I hope you and all of yours stay safe and healthy during all this, man. Thanks, man. Likewise. Uh you uh we'll 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 talk again soon. I got a feeling we'll talk again soon. Yeah, sounds good, man. Reach out whenever you like. Right on, man. Well cheers. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy from the Ocho Duro Parley Hour Podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Well, there you have it. Another creator has been cornered. Another interview in the books. Lonnie freaking Nadler. What a hell of a guy, man. What a hell of a guy. I'm not going to lie. I did not realize how young he was. I had no idea. But 
uh, you would never know based off of his workings and writings and what have you. The, the dude's a scholar. He's a hell of a guy. He's a nice guy. He's a smart guy. He's an, um, I'm going to keep going on about how smart he is. Uh, <laughs> just he's, a, he's an absolute treat. I love talking to him. I can't wait to, to see what else he has in the in the pipeline, man. I, I, I'm, I'm very anxious. I know that you know, it's, oof, he and Zach Thompson has uh, they developed quite the career together. It's It was just a great interview. I don't know. I had a, I had a stellar time talking to him. So, uh, if you had as much fun as I did, then I urge you to prove it. Prove it by jumping on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Cheers to Comics. If you think this episode's good, with your help, it's just going to get better. Everything about this this show develops and gets better with the help of my patrons, the Slurred Army. So Patreon.com slash Cheers to Comics. No matter what tier you choose, I'm going to send you out some Cheers to Comics stickers. Just make sure you shoot me a message with your address. You know, lets me know you actually want them. And uh, boom, there you go. You get some fucking Cheers to Comics stickers. And you are officially a part of the real slurred army man and then uh yeah you could also leave those reviews five star reviews are the only kind of reviews i accept uh five star reviews are huge for the growth of this podcast uh leave them on apple a pod chaser which is kind of the imd not kind of it is the imdb of podcasts you just got to check out podchaser.com you'll be blown the fuck away and when you do leave reviews on uh pod chaser for cheers to comics and you can actually leave individual reviews on there and uh, um, right now, Podchaser's doing this thing where every you, review you leave, they donate 25 cents to Meals on Wheels. And then if I acknowledge that and reply to that review, then they match it. So potentially 50 cents a review. So as long as you put in the work and leave the reviews, I'm going to make sure that you get the reviews back. So Podchaser.com on that. That's It's a hell of a cause. And it's, yeah, Meals on Wheels. We've all heard of that charity. It's 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 reputable it's a good thing so good on pod chaser do your part support the things you love support the things that keep entertaining you during during these times of boredom because we all know you're f- most of you are incredibly fucking bored or going out of your mind and need to put something in your goddamn ears to block out the kids or whatever it is and if cheers to comics so happens to be that thing then for one i'm honored two um let me know what's up leave a review uh, become a patron, you know, show, show some support, huh? <laughs> that, that's, uh, there you, there you go, there you have it, make sure you check out Lonnie Nadler on all the social media handles mentioned earlier in the podcast, and, uh, yeah, you slurds, wash your hands, read responsibly, cheers, f- fuckers,